we need the anointing of God. The anointing is that divine enablement of the Holy Ghost or the power of God to operate and function in our life. And some of us men need the anointing of God on our life to really be our father. We need the anointing of God in our life. Some of us business people, we need an anointing. You can go through the motion, and I don't want to go through the motion. You should want to be anointed. You're listening to the Anointed Leadership Podcast with Terry Lynn Scott. Subscribe today to start cultivating more leadership anointing in your life. Now here's your host, Terry Lynn Scott. Hey everybody, welcome to the Anointed Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Terry Lynn Scott. Once again, thank you so much for joining me uh, on the platform that you're listening to me at. And uh, before we jump into the content today, which is Moving from Management to Leadership Part 2, uh, I would ask you to do a couple things. First of all, uh, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, please do so on how, whatever platform you're on. Uh, just hit that subscribe button and every couple of weeks we drop a new leadership podcast and you'll be sure to be uh, notified for that. Also, if you would leave me a comment or a review on whatever platform you're on, uh, that helps me know that the content is adding value to you. Uh, how is it working? How is it applied to your life? What success you've made uh, with some of the content that we're creating here at the Anointed Leadership Podcast as well as probably the most important for me is hit the share button, send it to some of your friends, some of your families, coworkers, uh, uh, your boss, maybe uh, your managers, if you are the boss, your team leads in the church, whatever that looks like, uh, just to make sure that if this is adding value to you, that it would also add value to those around you. I really believe that with all my heart, that this type of stuff, leadership stuff, is important, and I believe the leaders should always be learning, and we should always be growing in our knowledge, in our understanding, as well as our uh, application in everyday life. Again, this is called the Anointed Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Terry Linscott, and again, uh, I'm grateful that you're joining me. So let's jump into it today. Uh, last time out, we talked about moving from leadership uh, management to leadership, uh, which was part one. We dove into the differences between management and leadership. And uh, I challenge you, if you haven't listened to that episode 17, go ahead and go do so before you finish out 18 and you will get the full content of what we're talking about. I do want to do a small recap though. We talked about Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18, which I believe is probably the most used uh, leadership verse uh, when it comes to vision statements or uh, mission statements. For leaders, it's where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. And uh, when you think about that, vision isn't about sight in the present. The word vision is future tense. It's a direction. It's where we're going. So when there is nobody pointing in the direction of where we're going six months, uh, one year, three years from now, then the people cast off restraint. They just get frustrated. They get irritated. Uh, they really don't believe in the in the mission that you're doing or the person leading them because there is no future sight vision that they have, and so they just kind of like oh, it is what it is. Uh, maybe in your own church or your business, whatever it is, there's some lethargy there. There's that lethargic mindset. It possibly could be there's no vision. There's no real pointing of what tomorrow looks like for us. Why are we doing what we're doing today? How does that affect tomorrow? Because we don't understand what tomorrow is. To me, this is what that verse is unpackaged as, is that I've got a point of vision so people will follow me. If there's no visionary, then the people are just kind of haphazardly doing whatever they want to do. Most leaders... 
are managers with a leadership title and they just don't understand leading. They don't understand what it means to lead. They don't uh, know how to lead. They've never been taught leadership. So we, what we do is we revert back to a manager and we manage people, we manage projects, we manage things. Uh, we have whims, we come up with good ideas. Um, it's like, hey, Uh, that sounds like a great idea. Let's try it. That business is doing it. Maybe we should add it to our business. Notice those are conversations of managers, not leaders. I'm as a leader, I'm not interested in what everybody else is doing. I'm interested in what we're supposed to be doing and where are we going? And uh, the difference in that is management and leadership. If you're thinking about doing what everybody else does, applying what everybody else is applying, implementing what everybody else has implemented, then you don't have vision. You 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 have management trying to make your business, your church look like everybody else that looks successful to you. True visionaries and true vision out of a leader's heart produces growth and creates a, a revenue of success in any area of in any walk of life. And so we got to move from management to leadership. Before I jump into the final three points of this, I do want to recap this one thought. My pastor, I was with him not too long ago, and he made a statement to a bunch of preachers or about 50 some pastors in the in a room with their spouses and, and or leadership. And uh, he kept saying this, it's time to lead, it's time to lead, it's time to lead, it's time to lead. And, and I thought in my head, because, you know, in my opinion, I'm a leader, I'm not a manager. I don't, if you ask my team, I don't manage things. I lead, I point a direction and I trust them. Even when they fail, I still trust them because I'm empowering, I'm enabling, I'm influencing, I'm inspiring them to be a better version of themselves. Yeah, the project matters. Yes, the goals matter, but it's really how they can grow and develop and what God's gifted them to do. And so when, when my pastor said that to, to the, the group of men in the room and the women, uh, I, my first thought was, yes, exactly. It's time to lead. My second thought was, why are we not leading? Why are there ministers or leaders or pastors not leading? And so in, my, in that thought process, I begin to think, I begin to watch. I have 29 years of experience in the ministry. I have 29 years of uh, when I was a custodian to a maintenance guy, to the youth minister, to the associate pastor, and now I'm the pastor of the church. I am the senior lead of our ministry here. And in 29 years, I've watched churches in my area, uh, people that I've been connected to, pastors all over the place come and go. Ministry start and fall. Ministry start and quit. Ministries that have, have just kept a, uh, uh, a minimal amount of people and there's never growth in that. And I've always wondered in 29 years, why? What is that one component, one ingredient uh, that is hindering growth for the things of God. Everything in God increases. Everything God does multiplies and increases. He's the God of multiplication. He's the God that commanded us to increase and be fruitful. And so when you think about that, it's why. My opinion, this is Terry Linscott's opinion. Now, uh, you're listening to this, and I hope that, that it's helping you. But it's my opinion, what I've seen, and I've seen in my own life, in our own ministry, is the difference from management to leadership. And when we met, we shifted here from managing people, managing projects, and ma- not that we didn't have a vision, 
Not that we didn't have a visionary, but the the style of leadership went from managerial to leadership. Influence, inspiration, motivation, empowerment, and enablement. That's where we're at today. Our ministry has grown exponentially over the last year, even through COVID. And so I'm looking at this, and when my pastor says it, I said, yes, how? And then in my heart, I was like, let me do what I know to do best is help leaders, help people, because that's what God's anointing me to do. And so we talked about it. That's where this whole thing comes from. The last two episodes, the last one and this one is how do you move from management to leadership? Pastors, you're not called to manage, you're called to lead. Jesus taught us this when he said, come and follow me. Paul said it, follow me as I follow Christ, not as I do the job, but as I follow Christ, as I follow the things of God, follow me. And it's fellowship, not, not I have to and demanding. It's the want to, to come after somebody that's in leadership and pastors. I'm talking to churches today, but I really believe all the content we're unpacking works in every area of your life. It works in your business. It works in your home. I really believe every bit of these things will work into our level of leadership, but I'm really wanting to speak to the pastor today. I want to help you. I want, I want you to grow. I want you to multiply. I want you to increase. And some of it is we are hindering our own production or process by managing things rather than leading people. Leaders empower and influence. Managers have power and control. We're not in control and power. We're influence and inspiration. This is what we talked about in, in the episode uh, one of this or, or the part one of this. And I just want to recap that. Why don't we do this? Number one, we talked about trust is we don't trust. We've been hurt. So we have a hard time trusting people because of poor decisions everybody else has made. We, we have that hard time. The second thing is control. We're control freaks. We've got to have it our way, do it our way, do it the way we think. Uh, if, if somebody else has a great idea, we just think that we're our ideas are always better. It's control freaks. This is why we don't move from management to leadership. And then the third one is we're afraid to let our weaknesses shine. I'm going to pause there for a second because some people say, why would you let your weakness shine? That's to prove we're human. It's to prove that we're still natural. It's to prove that we don't have it all together. Leaders don't have it all together. Leaders struggle. Paul talked about, I got this thorn in my flesh. He couldn't get rid of it no matter what he did. We're not all, we're not, we're not supernatural, superly, supernaturally, supernatural. We're supernaturally natural. We live in the natural, but we operate under the anointing of God, which means we have weaknesses. We are not Jesus. We are individuals that are problematic and got issues. And, and too many leaders are afraid to let people see their weakness. Let them become vulnerable. We also uh, are, are not willing to be relational. We feel like we have to be isolated. We're on pedestals. And that's not what transparency is. Transparency is vulnerable and seeing right through you that you have problems and be okay with it. Be comfortable in your skin. Why? Because God called you to do this. And so I think these are the three reasons why we don't leave management and, we, and, and move into leadership. We don't trust people. We want control of everything. And we're not willing to let our weaknesses be seen. And so how do you do it? How do we move out of that? And last week we talked about, or the last episode, we talked about uh, personal development. It's personal disciplines. And, and I'm not going to hammer these. I've already unpackaged them in the last episode. And so, but personal development, people, people will follow you if you look like a leader. Uh, and if I don't take care of the external, then how, what, what does my internal look like? And you got to deal with those things. The second one is we talked about episode 10, the delegation is you got to learn 
the art of delegation. It's, a, it's an art. Delegation is an art. It is something that is learned. It's not just telling people what to do. It's, there's a whole gamut of, of, of attributes to, to being a true delegator. Somebody that can truly delegate and get, let people have permission to do it on their own while you're doing what you're supposed to do. Uh, the third one is you got to become comfortable with transparency. You got to be okay letting your weaknesses, let your hair down, if you will, take up all your makeup and just be real. Be real with people. Be real knowing that you don't have it all together. Sometimes it's it's taking a risk because you don't know what to do and, and, and okay with the risk and okay with failure. Become comfortable with transparency with your team, with your church. Pastors, become transparent. Let your church see your faults. Why? They, can, they can't, uh, they can't um, compare themselves to perfection, but they can relate to you when they understand that you struggle just like they struggle, when you don't have all the answers just like they don't have all the answers, when they see you taking a risk without saying, thus saith the Lord. It's just, no, I, it's my idea. And it failed miserably. And be okay with that. You got to learn these things if you're going to move from management to leadership. Uh, one of the last things I want to say to you before we move into today is this. The difference in management and leadership. Managers count value. You're only useful to me if you're constantly adding value to my bottom line. I, and this comes with the trust factor. But you know, managers are not interested in the people. They're interested in what you can do for me. Pastors, it's not what they can do for you. Your job is to equip them for their work or the work of the ministry. It's what you can do to, for them, not what they can do for you. Your job is to equip them. It's you're putting it into them. I, I know this is speaking to pastors, but this goes for every area of life and every business. But pastors, let me help you. you it's time to lead. Pro, the prophet of God said, it's time to lead. Well, how do you lead? You got to stop counting value and you got to create value. You've got to stop figuring out what they can do for you and what can you do for them. Jesus didn't come to say, what can you do for me? He said, I'm going to lay my life down for you. The difference, creating value or counting value. The, the, the religious folks counted value because what did Jesus do for them? And, and creating value is what Jesus, they were looking, what can you do for me? And Jesus was like, what can I do for you? There's a difference in that mindset, and so we got to challenge that. Let's jump into and unpackage the next three. I'm just going to hit them real quick, and then we're going to unpackage them. Number four, so let's review again. Personal development, learning the art of delegation, and being comfortable with transparency. Four is learn the art of casting vision. Five, learn the art of coaching. And six, start inspiring and empowering people. So let's unpackage these things. Uh, number four, learn the art of casting a vision. First of all, this is the key component is it's hard to stand up and say, this is where we're going when you don't even believe it. When you haven't caught it, when you haven't accepted it, when it isn't birthed on the inside of you, you've got to learn that vision isn't just something you drum up. Vision is what God speaks to you, pastor. It's what God's telling you, church leader. It's what God's saying about the vision overall. And you got to learn to cast the vision. Number one to do this is you got to know it. your job is to call the what and the when, not the how and not the where. What? Let me give you an example. Uh, not too long ago, uh, Felix and Stacy, they were in my office and, and we were talking in our church. And Stacy has this call to be an evangelist. And, and we've done these things called LOLs. 
And so I said that it's time that we continue the vision of uh, Abundant Life Church, which is uh, missions, Central, South America, Mexico, Puerto Rico, and Uganda now. So we, it grows. And then I said the second portion of the vision that we've never really tapped into is beginning to church plant, is beginning to send people out of this ministry to do the work God called them to do. And I said, it's time. This is our job. This is what God's telling us to do in this ministry. We are not changing the vision. We just evolved this vision that that's going on. And as the pastor, I said, God's speaking to me and saying, go. And in that very moment, I empowered Stacy and Felix in this for this evangelistic mindset is to do our LOL crusades. And in that moment, I told Stacy, Stacy, just know that it's time to go now. I don't care. You're going to tell me the where and you're going to tell me the how. It's just time to go. And when? Now. And that's what my job is, is to point the vision and release her underneath me to do what God's called her to do and go figure out the how. Figure out the where. And that's what we're doing right now. So we've, we're getting ready to, by the time this thing drops, we'll probably be in our second uh, crusade in our city that we're winning people, we're preaching the gospel, we're, we're giving things away. And it, you know what? I don't know how we're doing it. I don't know where we're doing it. I don't know what the team looks like because that's what managers do. Leaders learn the art of casting vision. Cast it. Get it out there. Put it in the hearts of people. Sow the vision. Put it in the hearts of people. It's not yours. It's what God's saying to us. And as the pastor or the leader, my job is to hear from God and tell the people that are following me. You got to learn the art. Vision isn't what I'm doing today. Vision is what we're doing tomorrow. It's always speaking of the future. True visionaries are always looking of the future. True leaders are always looking to the future. Managers can't see past a week from now. They can only see today and tomorrow. And man, you've got to learn the art of getting a download from heaven, if you will, and hearing what God wants you to do in your ministry, your business, and go cast it. Tell people why. The more you talk about it, the way you talk about it, the way you unpackage it, how you unpackage it little by little where people can digest it. Think about your own life. When God says something to you, it took you a little bit to even digest it, to understand it. You can't just unpackage the whole thing. It's a little bit at a time. And as you learn the art of that, you'll find more people jumping at that at that uh, at the at the you know chewing at the bit just to follow you and help you and and do it that way you know your job is not the daily management. Now, mind you, some of us pastors, we have to manage day-to-day operations. And and that's okay. There's going to be the moments where we do manage certain things. But the reality is our ultimate goal is to cast vision, even if we are a smaller entity and we have a lot of people working for us, but we don't have the staff. It's okay to be that manager, but recognize the roles You can manage the operations, but don't just manage people. Empower them to help you. And you don't even have to pay them. Pause there for a second. It don't matter how big your church is. If you are a small church and a small pastor, a a pastor at a small church, when the minute you start empowering people and casting vision about where we're going, listen, people will work for a paycheck, but they'll give their life for a mission they believe in. How do they believe in it? First of all, you believe in them. You're creating value in them, making them part of it, and they're necessary. You empower them to go do something. You'll find you don't have to pay people. 
and the church will grow. The business will grow. Why? Because people will give their life for something they believe in and someone that believes in them. I'm telling you, you've got to learn the art of casting vision. The second, the fifth, number five, second for today, number five. I think this is probably the one that is really difficult. It's called the art, learn the art of coaching. Uh, This is, I've coached uh, soccer for 19 years uh, from little league all the way to the high school with competitive uh, involved in that as well. Uh, I've coached referees uh, and I've coached business owners. And so it's all the same across the board. Most coaches, inexperienced, uneducated coaches, which what I mean by that is no offense to it, is but a dad that's never played soccer that coaches his little son's little Johnny soccer team just because he fills in. What happens is the mindset is I'm trying to fix all of the mistakes from yesterday. And that's not proper coaching. You can't fix yesterday's mistakes today. You got to empower tomorrow's successes today and not fixing yesterday's mistakes. Too many times we get hung up on the failures. We get hung up on the mistakes. We get hung up on, you know, what they didn't do right in a game. Can I tell you the best teacher to all athletes is not practice, nor is it the coach. It's the game itself. Every game in every sport offers different adversity, adverse adversities, different problems, different oppositions. And so they got to learn not, they can't do the same thing over and over and expect something different. That's insanity doing the same thing over and over. You've got to manipulate your experiences on the field, depending on what's being, what the adversary is coming at you. So the best teacher is the game. The coach in practice is to empower and prepare them for the game, not fix the problems. It's the same thing in churches. It's the same thing in leadership. Managers are constantly harping on yesterday's mistakes where leaders aren't even looking at yesterday. They're looking at the potential in the player today or the individual today and empowering them to be more successful tomorrow. It's an art. It's hard to come to practice if you're a little league coach, a high school coach, a college coach, whatever it is. It's hard to come to practice without yesterday's problems and trying to fix them all and knowing that my goal isn't to fix everybody's mistakes. It's to empower them for success for tomorrow. The art of coaching is really um, the toughest part of leadership. It's coaching people even when they've made the mistake. And you got to learn it's not just correction. Coaching is not just correction. Coaching is encouraging. It's asking questions. It's not even giving all the right answers. It's asking specific questions that they can define the right answer for the problem without giving you giving the answer. Coaching is trying to pull out things and potential out of people, trying to sharpen the skill in somebody else's life, not by always beating up the problems, but what they should do instead of. Where can we pull that out of them? It's, it's an art. Um, uh, this is the, the biggest thing about coaching for me. The art of coaching is this. Coaches work really hard to develop uh, better people than themselves. They want you to be better. A lot of times professional coaches for pro athletes probably were never professionals. But they are the behind-the-scenes individuals that generated the professional They're the people that could sit there and nitpick apart problems, but also empower, do this, do it this way, do it this way. And it it was constant. Ask the question, how did you feel? What do you think you should be better? How did you feel? And this is the art of coaching. If you're going to switch from management to leadership, you got to learn the art of coaching, not little league, 
a dad that doesn't know the sport. We're talking about the professional coach that recognizes we're not interested in yesterday's mistakes. It's the empowerment for tomorrow's successes. And the sixth thing, if I could, if I could just break it down this way, watch. Start. <laughs> Start inspiring and empowering people. How do you move from management to leadership. How do you do that? You got a personal development. You got to learn the art of delegation. You got to be comfortable with transparency. You got to, you've got to uh, learn the art of casting vision. You got to learn the art of coaching. And, And the sixth one is it's real simple. Pull the trigger, start doing it, start inspiring people and empowering people. This is the hard part. Why? Because trust control and transparency are the hindrances to starting something. What if, the what if question, do you know that's what Moses asked? What if they don't believe me? What if it doesn't work? What if, what if, you got to eliminate what if and start it. Start how? There, there are many ways to a goal. This is, let me unpackage this way I think. If I was going on vacation to uh, Disney World in Florida from Kentucky where I'm at, there's probably four different avenues I could go. I could do I could drive Interstate 65. I could go all the way to Lexington to 75. I could take back roads. I can get, but we're all going to get there. No matter what, we're all going to get there. But if my mindset is you have to go 65 down to Nashville, then, and, and somebody else says, well, I would rather go to 75 and I'm constantly badgering them because they're not doing what I want them to do. That's the problem with control and trust. The reality is they can go to Lexington. They can take 75 straight down. They might take a little bit longer. However, they're still going to get there. This is the idea about leadership. They don't have to do it your way. There are many ways to accomplish that goal. Start inspiring and empowering people to do it their way. Use their gifts. Sharpen their abilities. You know, we got to realize that it's, it's that way. How do you start? Small. Simple things that won't sink a ship and let them sail. Just let them sail. Let me give you an example. So our ushers in our church, <clears throat> we have issues with seating right now. We're in two services uh, and we're struggling with um, seating. We're struggling with pushing people forward. And, and we did, uh, this was a while back. And so the ushers were wanting to do certain things. They were trying to um, just push people, move people. Uh, Somebody would sit down, a family would sit down, and then they would ask him to move, and then they would ask him to move again. Uh, And it was like, the system's not working, fellas. It's broken. So uh, I said, you can't do that. That's all I said. Figure out a way that we can push people forward. Having enough people serving with the amount of people coming to church, amount of new people coming to church, it's a tough situation. This is a small, start something small. They're not sinking the ship. But what they did is they come up with the idea of line dividers or road aisle dividers, sticking them in the, the, the chairs to divide them because we didn't have enough people to stand in all the aisles and work everything else because we're growing so fast and uh, we don't just plug anybody in. And so we teach them and we train them, we get to know them. And so to, 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 get, to get them to help us do what God's called us to do. And so they came up with the idea and I looked at it and said, cool, go with it. I even announced it from the pulpit, whether I agreed or disagreed, 
that's not going to sink the ship. What would sink the ship is giving it to somebody, this thing, what Stacy's doing, the Crusades, asking them to go do it. And I, they haven't earned the trust and, the, and, the, and, and earned that ability to make those types of major decisions because that could sink our whole ship. And so you got to start small, little things that won't sink a ship and let them sail. Just go. And if it bombs, it bombs. If, it, if it's successful, it's successful. Either way, know that they're, they'll know that you're on their side, that you support them, but you got to start. You got to pull the, the, the trigger. Can I give you this one hint? When you give somebody the ability and empower them to go do something, don't demand answers. Just ask questions. Listen and nod. The pro- watch the process or, or, or watch the progress in the process. What do I mean by it is it, the hard part for somebody that's going from manager to leader is this. I ask somebody, I give somebody the permission to go do something. I've delegated the authority. Now we're constantly anxious. What does it look like? Are they doing it? What's going on? I haven't heard anything back. Here's what you do is you set deadlines. I'm going to talk about this in our next episode. You set some deadlines where they got to report to you, but in the middle of those reports, when you feel a little anxious and you just, hey, how are things going? It's a great question, right? Hey, how did that work for you? And you, what they're going to do is they're going to respond looking for your approval. And when you nod, yeah, come on, man, I believe in you. Just keep doing it. It, it's, it seems like it's working. Even if it don't look like it's working, seems like it's working. Just keep doing it. Why? Because you're empowering them and inspiring them to go and, and sharpen their skills. Uh, this is my opinion. How do you move from management to leadership? It's these six simple things. My, first of all, I got to deal with myself, personal development, art of delegation, become comfortable with transparency, learn the art of casting vision, learn the art of coaching, and then start inspiring and empowering people. Eleanor Roosevelt said this. I'm going to leave you with this today. And I hope and I pray this content's helping you. And I hope you're going to move from management to leadership. The prophet said, it's time to lead. So let's start leading. Let's put these things into practice if we're not. But Eleanor Roosevelt once said this. He said, a good leader inspires people to have confidence in the leader. A great leader inspires people to have confidence in themselves. This is what leadership's about. I don't need you to trust just me. I need you to trust yourself. I need you to develop your skills and grow in what God's called you to be. Listen, I hope this is helping you. It's time to move from management to to leadership. And I pray these six points have helped you. Go back and listen to episode 17 uh, if you didn't yet and, and really apply these things. And I really believe that you'll find exponential growth in your own personal life as well as your own ministry or your business when you do this. Again, thank you so much for joining me. If this content has helped you, again, subscribe, hit the share button, and leave me a comment. I really would greatly appreciate it. Until next time, I pray that God will bless you and supernaturally anoint you to do everything he has called you to do in Jesus' name. Connect with Terry on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts to help this message reach more people so together we can create anointed leaders all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time. We're believing God with you and for you that whatever you put your hand to will prosper in Jesus' name.